The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day. Johnny Jam Jam. <laughs> and an inspired call, I must say. Because it's uh, it, it's different. You know, yeah. and our gems need to be different. They can't be like top 40 songs, unless, yeah, of course, they're, true. you know, earworms that we just haven't heard in 20 years. Yeah. Well, the, the, the Buzzcocks are one of those bands that have just have miles of cred. Just right, miles right. and miles of Often it. heard on our, uh, our punk show Thursday nights. Let's creep up. All right. And uh, yeah, that was from 1978. Okay. A little product of the uh, Buzzcocks called Ever Fallen in Love. And in quotes, with someone you shouldn't have. Whoops. Yeah, off yeah. of their album, uh, Love Bites. And uh, oddly enough, that's been covered by quite a few people. Really? Um, so back in 86, it was the Fine Young Cannibals. Okay. They did a version of it. They had a day. Yeah, they had a day, literally. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and somehow, uh, the Fine Young Cannibals have like a, like a page worth of street cred. In, on the punk scene. And I don't know exactly how that happened. Really? It's like in that that, you know, no man's land between punk and new wave. Right, right. They, they, they get mentioned here and there. If I had to venture to guess, I'd say it's probably their politics. Could be. If I had to guess. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're, they're an activist or yep. were an activist kind of, a, kind of an outfit. But I think really if, if you're pictured on a Vespa scooter in any of your videos <laughs> for any length of time, you automatically get... A billing as either a punk 
Hulk or New Wave acts. Yes, I would say. Yes, absolutely, yep. absolutely. And That's then uh, apparently, of course, right there. You know, later on in the two thousands, when I mean two thousand and two, okay. they had used this song uh, for a, a benefit for a beloved DJ whose name escapes me. Okay, um, over in England, and they had all stars lined up to yeah. do a version of that song. All right. Uh, David Gilmore, Roger Daltrey. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, many others just jumping on there and they're all like part of it as a, you know, uh, fundraising, that I guess. That must thing. be a really, really cool thing when a rock icon like Roger Daltrey covers a tune right? you wrote. That's right? got to be a good day right there. <laughs> and just getting all those people together while they're still alive. I mean, yeah, no I'm doubt. all for it. Yep, absolutely. So, oddly enough, uh, well, like you normally say, this fits a certain agenda we have for this <laughs> episode. But before I do that... That's still out of character. For right. Us, before know? I jump into that, hello, Michael Shawnley. How are Hi, you? Good afternoon, Johnny Teflon. I am well, sir. You are sounding much better today, John. I am feeling much better, nice. Billy Ray. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was a little concerned, I have to say, the whole you know, long COVID yeah. thing. I was, yeah. I was worried that... Uh, that it had uh, it had gotten a hold of you. Yeah. Well, I knew uh, at some point my superior genes would kick in. There we go. And uh, I think as a kid, with all my sicknesses, all the medicines the doctors gave me that probably weren't approved yet, I've got some latent <laughs> superpowers that are just itching to kick in. Yes. So, hey. Yeah, pediatric medicine in the seventies. Huh? Oh God. <laughs> Let's try this. You think it'll work? I don't know. Right? Let's find out. If sure. that don't get it up, cough harder. <laughs> there you go. But no, I uh, I have to say with all humility, thank God I had what, what could be best characterized as a light case of COVID. Yeah. Because uh, it, it was enough to put the fear of God into you. Oh, I can imagine. It's I just the laying there waiting and like, okay, what's the next phase going to be now? You know? And, yeah. Oh, what was that? Was that a chest pain? And then you start panicking. Oh, yeah. So it's over. It's done. We're back in action. Nice. And we're talking about something tonight, which is... We're in the news, yes. but not quite as much in the news as you think it might kind of ought to be, which is what we're going to cover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got to say, I'm a little bit surprised that we're not hearing more about this. Yes. So why don't you just take the lead on this? Uh, well, yeah, you, this was something Since that you your brought, people. Up, brought up earlier, <laughs> earlier this week. Uh, the uh, Biden administration has a new uh, new. Uh, mouthpiece, a new, yes, they do. new spokesperson. And she's delightful. Yes, Miss Jean Pierre. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce her first name. Uh, Karine. I don't know. Anyway. You all uh, know who she is. Yes, it looks yes. like Scary we, we Spice. All, we, yeah. all, we all know who we're talking about here. <laughs> and uh, it it's also involves, shockingly enough, CNN. Weird. Oh, um, I know. I know. <laughs> These guys are, are, are regularly violating an old tenant about not being the story. Which is why we're doing a story on Yeah. Because yeah. they just, they're not getting it yet. Yeah. This violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. So what we're hedging around, folks, is the fact that this delightful uh, new mouthpiece, Dummy. which is not a slur, it's actually, you know, an, a, a colloquial term there, this delightful mouthpiece now of the Biden administration, Dummy happens to be in and has had a long-standing uh, relationship with her life partner, one Suzanne Malveaux of CNN fame, mm. a very accomplished journalist. And, you know, the, the way the crow flies, kind of like second in command next to Wolf Blitzer. Yeah. She's got a lot of street cred. She takes over anchoring duties when he's not there. Yeah, she's been with CNN, I believe, since 2002. Ironically enough, started as a White House correspondent. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, uh, wow, circle of life right there. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> and uh, you, you would think, given what happened five minutes ago... With the Cuomo with boys. The Cuomo, <laughs> with the Cuomos. <laughs> that uh, this is something that uh, CNN would have tried to avoid like the plague. Right. And don't forget, um, it's not even the Cuomo boys. It's yeah. also Big Daddy Zucker. Dummy! Yep. Making, making grab ass yeah, with... A, uh, having a long-term relationship. Uh, while he was married to someone else. Right, right. Yeah. It just goes deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah, it just is, you know, <laughs> they just CNN don't learn. crew are burning it up now. And the word is, with Discovery purchasing CNN and, and Warner, and the, the list goes on, that they're, they're looking to clean house. Yeah. And the scuttlebutt was that in order for them really to, to buy CNN and to run it the way they want... They're going, you know, they're going to trim the fat a little bit, yeah. but they're all about the news. Right. The way CNN... I'm Hasn't gonna, been I'm for say, a very, right. very long time. But I'm going to say the, the CNN that we know and still somewhat appreciate used to be. Yeah, a you know? long, long time ago. Right. Though, in all honesty, you can't, I mean, you can't really put this on CNN because the relationship already existed before right. Miss Jean-Pierre... Karine. Uh, ...was... 
named, hired, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. however however that works, whatever the proper terminology is, uh, by the Biden administration to be press secretary. And it's such a minefield. Because, yes, yeah. she, she checks off every box for identity politics you can imagine. Uh, I know. Woman of color, LGBTQ, a single mom. Yeah. First uh, White House uh, press secretary, not just uh, um, uh, African-American female, but from Haiti, born in, in, in Martinique, in yeah. Martinique. And no, no disrespect to Michelle Pierre. She's got a respectable resume, to yes, say the does. least. But they didn't pick her out of nowhere. She no, has some stripes. All. Not at all. But, you know, from, from my perspective, and as you so jovially pointed out, my people. Your people. Uh, <laughs> that this, was, this is the Biden administration um, blatantly uh, going the identity politics route, which I can't stand. And, uh, yeah, they must have known in the whole vetting process that she had a relationship mm-hmm. with a fairly prominent uh, correspondent with CNN, and they decided to go, that, go down that road anyway, apparently, because right. it was just too good. And you know what? It's, it's <laughs> you're going to love this. Mm. It's very Trumpian of them. Yeah. Because one can only imagine being a fly in the wall in that meeting when somebody's briefing the president on this, and oh, by the way, blah, 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 blah. And he probably looked up at them and he's like, so what? Fuck them. Yeah. You know, we're, we're going to do it anyway. Fuck it, the rules don't apply to us. Right. Yeah. And, and it's it, a very Trumpian thing that you can see Trump doing, thus the nom de guerre. There's an a, uh, element of arrogance to it. it yes. It definitely is. It definitely is. And, you know, it's just yet another example of the line between politics and uh, the news media being blurred. Yep. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't even watch news on TV anymore. I know you do from time to time. You indulge and, and fill me in on what I'm not missing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this is, this, is, this is, you know, case in point why I don't watch. There's a serious lack of credibility here in my mind for the CNNs and the NBCs and the CBSs and right. the MSNBCs of the world. You know, not even, not even worth the time to sit down and watch anymore. Mm-hmm. And then... Boom, here's yet another example of. And I mean, right. again, this is nothing new. I mean, look no further than the correspondence dinner, mm-hmm. you know, to see that line being obliterated. You know, go back to uh, the press being embedded with troops during the Iraq conflict. You know, just the, the, the credibility doesn't exist in, in my eyes, you know, in my humble opinion. And, uh, and yeah, yet another example right here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it, as you pointed out, we're old enough to have remembered once upon a time where. TV news had credibility. That's mm-hmm. what you did. You came home, you know, in the evening, you sat down, you turned on the 6 o'clock news, mm-hmm. you got informed for 30 minutes, you know, maybe you, you watched the, the network show that came up after it from 6.30 to 7, and then at that point, you were done with the news for the day. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no 24-hour news cycle. Well, we were also on the vanguard of both of us being in that, let's say, immediate neighborhood of 50. <laughs> We were what I like to call the initial vanguard of modern HR-isms, right. where companies took a very um, serious approach towards potential conflict of interests. Or even the appearance. The appearance of. And of. those things that were always implied amongst the 11 deadly sins, as they call them, yeah. now were written out in black and white. Everything from... The young kids are going to call me a boomer now, but (laughs) the old employee handbook would tell you how to dress, how to act, what to say, what not to say. It was was very explicit. Oh, yeah. And going into, say, the 90s, it got even more so. You would think it would be more strict today, but now, even though there's more rules for everything, there's a lot more acceptable behavior, if that makes sense, than there was years ago. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, we knew exactly in black and white, in a very simple reference format, what we had to do to get fired immediately. Yep. Whereas nowadays, I mean, and, and it's not just this particular instance of, of news, meeting politics and whatnot. When's the last time you see a professional athlete held to the letter of their contract? Okay? Yeah. I, I can't think of one, to be honest with you. They're renegotiating because all of a sudden they think they're worth more. And, yeah, since when, I, I wish I had that lifestyle where I think I'm worth more <laughs> yeah, and I can bring my boss to the table and be like, pay me more, I'm not showing up again. You right, know? yeah. But it's, this is, you know, this is the world we live in now. And I would hope that there aren't leaks coming from the White House now to CNN, or at least any more so than there already are. Yeah. But I find it hard to believe that, in this sense, when you're literally sleeping with... <laughs> 
you're in bed with, with the, one of the largest communication yeah. um, channels on the planet that postcoital talk is not going to occasionally <laughs> drift towards, oh, so how was your day at the office? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, we're attacking North Korea on Tuesday, but don't say yeah, anything. Don't, don't, <laughs> yeah. Keep that on the down low. Right? I mean, a reporter is a reporter. You know, a reporter is always going to be a reporter. And that's and their job, to just get to, to the, report. Yeah, to get to the level that Miss Malvo has gotten to, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, you almost have to be obsessed. You have to be driven. Yes. That's a given. And you certainly have to be bright and savvy, and you need to know the back way <laughs> to get a story. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and this, you know, goes back to what we were saying, you know, a minute or two ago as far as the appearance of. Right. You know, they're not even paying lip service. Uh, to the appearance on this one. It's just, it's so blatant. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, at least in days gone by, we, we kind of acted like that was important to us, mm-hmm. and we prioritized that. But, yeah, the first time something comes up as far as scandal, as far as something being leaked, yep. um, it's just going to look bad. You and know, what's the optic is, that, is bad. Yeah, but, I mean, even Fox has not jumped on this, which is really odd. This is a low-hanging fruit right here. It kind of is. Especially on the heels of this immensely damaging leak that just came from the Supreme Court yep. where they've got Washington now battening down the hatches and getting ready for violence. Oh, yeah. It's just like, it, it's the norm now. They're waiting to light the next friggin' match. Yeah. And well, again, Fox, I mean, we're yeah. sitting here like, hey, how about infrastructure, bills and bridges, that whole thing. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> That's not, all we want. Not that it's ever stopped them before, but Fox is guilty of the same thing now that, it's come out the relationship that Sean Hannity sure, maintained sure. with Donald Trump. That yep. was beyond your normal, right? Uh, you know, correspondent or reporter and subject of mm-hmm. kind of relationship. And that's where Fox's personality, I think, worked in their favor because yep. really nobody would. Yeah, look, it is what it is. I hate to say it, but nobody would look to Fox for intensive journalistic standards. Yeah. Okay, it's it's. It's TMZ with helicopters, basically. <laughs> and although I enjoy watching certain shows on Fox, you know, there are other things about Fox that, in my opinion, remain the same for the last 20 years. Yeah. It's, it's over the top. It's meant to, like, push people's buttons and get them riled up and sell more catheters and whatnot during the commercial breaks because yeah. that's their audience. But and again, they're, not, they're not even paying lip service to it and they're not either. Which know? now makes me think, wait a minute. There's got to be something more going on because you never give your enemy a pass. You might save it, put keep a bullet in the chamber till later. Uh, yeah, but you never just give them a pass on something like this. So there's got to be more to this than meets the eye. It, it does make you wonder. You know, I'm I'm probably not as suspicious as you are uh, to things, just because to a great degree I do tune these things out. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to be a news junkie, absolute news junkie. Used to be an absolute political junkie. Um, that led to, of course, being literally a junkie junkie, <laughs> which kind of necessitated backing the hell off of it. Yeah. So I don't get obsessed with these kinds of things as much as I used to. But, you know, even paying half attention and seeing this is just like, you can't be serious. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, that's why like, most respectable uh, psychologists or, or self-help people or TED Talk type personalities will tell you, you know, if you want to wake up happier, don't watch the news. Yeah. Just, just tune it out because it's nothing but doom and gloom. But, I, you know, somebody's got to report on something. And I've never been a big fan of any kind of reporter because to me, a reporter is still that stereotypical Budinsky with a microphone shoved under somebody's chin with that little right. card in her hat yeah. that says press, you yeah. know. Yeah. And it extends to everything. Like even sports, you know, look, I, I love when Adam Schefter gets a, a scoop on a draft trade that's going to, you know, affect the Patriots or something. Yeah. But when I go back to him swiping the x rays of uh, John Pierre Paul after he blew his hand up with the firecrackers, or yeah. Jason Pierre Paul, rather, I'm thinking to myself, wow, that is such an immensely newsy scumbag thing to do. Yeah. Trash. That they're, a, they're all the same. You yeah. Know? There's, a, there's an element of sleaze at work here. Total. Total. And, uh, you know, just despite the fact that the man dresses well, you know, right. obviously sharp suits <laughs> yep. and, and whatnot, and, you know, he's well manicured and mm-hmm. pedicured and whatever cured. Yeah, there's that, that underlying underbelly of... Trash. Something unethical right. going on here. And as, you know, what I like to consider myself as sometimes, a decent human being. Oh, lies! I, I, I wish this young lady all the best. Absolutely. Now, as I've joked with you, her first couple of press conferences... 
I have not been impressed because she reads direct from her notes. Christ, cut. No, just keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Just read it off the dummy cards. And yeah. barely makes eye contact with whomever it is asking the question. Yeah. That, to me, is not what we've come to expect from the press secretary. It is a, we, we're in agreement with this, it's a brutal job. It's oh, a God, brutally yeah. difficult job. Talk about being stuck between a rock and a hard place. Completely. God. You, no matter what you say, half the people listening are always going to hate you. Oh, yeah. You know? and, and, you know, how many, how many press secretaries going back, you know, over the years and over the, the, the different administrations that have held the office have been completely thrown to the dogs? Yeah. You know, they've, they've been put in a position where they said things that were blatantly untrue, yep. uh, came out after the fact that, those things were blatantly untrue. And they very rarely last the entire term yeah. of, of their respective president anyway, you yeah. know. But it's, you know, for, even for somebody like me who has no uh, fear of crowds or public speaking or camera shyness at all whatsoever, you couldn't pay me enough to do that job. Oh, that's a tough gig. That's a serious, serious Because the gig. way things are going, in another year or two, it's going to be okay to start throwing rotten fruit at them again. Yes, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Shoes, shit like that. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a heavy-duty gig. Right. You know, I, I don't think people really stop to think about it as much because we're too busy throwing rocks at each other. Right. But you're the mouthpiece to uh, the highest office in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, the kind of juice that's, that's the, the, the office of the President of the United States. Right. And you're sitting down with this person on a daily basis. You are this person's mouthpiece. Mm -hmm. yep. And, I mean, how many times do you think these guys or ladies... You know, have sat down with their information and knew, just knew, this is bullshit. Right. You right. know, but I'm expected to go out there and not only say it, but sell it. Right. You know? And I mean, again, my people, uh, our current White House correspondent, or immediately previous, Jen... Saki. Saki, is that how mm -hmm. you pronounce your name? I like Saki. Especially when it's served at the correct temperature. You know, negotiating with MSNBC while she's still in the position right. of press secretary. And this wasn't, this wasn't kept hush-hush. This wasn't under the table. This mm. came out and was acknowledged. Yeah. And again, the optics are yeah. terrible. I mean, who knows what kind of, you know, buddy lunchroom talk she had with, um, who's my favorite over there, lesbian Batman, um, Rachel Maddow. <laughs> you know... Oh, so by the way, one of these days you're gonna have to explain <laughs> to me what the hell lesbian Batman means. She's a lesbian Batman. No, because she wears the same costume every day. Oh, is that what it's, it is? Yes, it's it's that's all it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> she has no utility belt that I know of mm. <laughs> behind closed doors. <laughs> but no, she's got like the black blazer with the the monotone shirt underneath. Right. It's like a uniform she wears for every episode of her show. Interesting. Like Batman, you never see him wear anything different. He's got his Batman he's, outfit. He's Batman. Yeah. But um, you know, the other thing that I have to note is. Her, her life partner, Suzanne Malveaux, I have nothing but respect for because here's uh, truly a, a trailblazer mm -hmm. who built herself up in a reputation from nothing to rise to the position at CNN that she's had. And I lament because there was a time, believe it or not, when her and, and Wolf and uh, Christian Amanpour, these, these people were like my heroes yeah. because they would report on anything all over the world and, you know, depending on what it was, what was going on, you would see this distress in their faces. It was very uh -huh. unpolished, the way they would just throw them out there to get a story, because that's when yeah. CNN was, was hungry, you right. know? Right, And it's, again, I, so I look at both of these ladies. I wish them all the luck in the world. I'm just saying at the end of the day, you know, the heart wants what it, what it wants, mm -hmm. hearkening back to our opening gem. Yeah. But sometimes you have to say, you know what? This just doesn't look good. It's not right. Can't yeah. do it. Yeah. This is because, as simple as that. Because, yeah, Miss Malvo is not uh, a bit player. You know, this no. is, this is no. a person that's got some juice. And, uh, yeah, she's, she's, you know, she's playing ball, you know, at the highest level. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, yeah, again, the optics. I mean, it's, it's, it's not just, uh, you know, Miss Jean-Pierre that's, you know, in a situation now where she could be questioned, right. where her ethics could be questioned. So is Miss Malvo. Mm -hmm. And again, CNN's recent track record, you know, these things do happen. Right. You know, when it came out, what Chris Cuomo was really doing <laughs> behind the scenes. That piece of shit. It was like, uh, <laughs> you know, again, it was like, a, you know, a segment of how could you have not known. Right. You know, exactly. that this was going to blow up in your face. And maybe we'll revisit these young ladies if shit should take a turn uh, south. Unfortunately, there's a very real possibility that that could happen. 
But for now, we will wish them well. Absolutely. Give them a wave like they're leaving on the love boat. Hey, hey. And drift right on into the middle jam. I think it's a good time for it. <laughs> I, I truly do. And I do believe this is one you picked out yeah, for us today. Yeah, this is a favorite. This is, this is good fun. Love it. Uh, this is from a band called Filter. Um, always been a fascination to me. Filter's lead vocalist, Richard Patrick, uh, was once the touring guitarist with Nine Inch Nails. Okay. And working with the one and only Trent Reznor. And uh, this guy walked away just as Trent was going. He, he was either just going to work on or was just about to start touring the Downward Spiral, which was a monster mm-hmm. album of its time. And he walked away from Nine Inch Nails. I mean, I don't imagine Trent Reznor's an easy guy to work with. I don't <laughs> imagine Trent Reznor's an easy guy just to even be around. You know, he's a consummate artist. But, uh, but Richard went out and proved himself. You know, he, he really did. It was like at the time... He had the Midas touch, and uh, of course it came out later that he was so drunk during most of it that he barely <laughs> remembered it, but the song is in direct reference to that scenario, because that's what good artists do, you know, is they take that kind of shit and uh, write a song about it. So, all right, fair enough. Yeah, this is, this is one of their better efforts. This is a song called Take a Picture. All right, folks, we're going to play that for you now. We'll be right back in a few minutes with, yes, some more things and some stuff.
God, good stuff. That's a fun song. It was a fun song. Yes. I had no problem giving the uh, the hey ho on that. Yeah, that was uh, from their 1999 uh, album title of record, mm-hmm. and uh, and kind of funny. The whole song, according to Richard Patrick, came about from a remark a friend of his made where. Uh, she was telling him about the drunken antics uh-huh. that went on the night before, and he had been in blackout mode, no recollection of it. So he said, hey, next time, take a picture. Right. And, uh, or as I say know, to my friends, you know, pics or it didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, being the consummate musician that he is, Richard wrote a song about it. So yeah. there you go. And I tell you what, it was a great choice. Nice little research on your part because it totally fits our subtopic for today. Yes. Now, believe it or not, to those of us uh, which we shall term less than nerdy, <laughs> it <laughs> is Comic-Con season once again. Yes, it is. So here, there, and everywhere, at least for once in every state, sometimes multiple times, yeah. you've got these conventions of like-minded nerds, and I say that with old pride because I, I go to it too. Yes. Um, these, these Comic-Cons where you see comic book um, artists or uh, celebrities that have played in horror movies or sci-fi movies or yeah. superhero movies yeah. and things of the sort. Yeah. And uh, it's a lot of nostalgia. It's a lot of fun. And some are better than others, truth right. be told. I mean, right. the big daddies are the San Diego Comic-Con and yeah. the New York Comic-Con. Because at those, you'll get sneak previews and the major studios now hover over these things. I was going to say, these things seem to have taken off. They've taken off a life of their own. Yeah. And of course... There, when there's money to be made, there you go. There are people out there that will figure this out right quick. <laughs> well, I, I got to say too, though, from from an outsider's perspective, and I, I loathe to admit I've never actually gone to a con. Unfortunately, that's a shame. we've got to do it someday. But uh, but it, it looks like a lot of fun. It, it yeah. really does. And that's that's the thing. It's one of those few places that you can go to, or let's say socially awkward youths. <laughs> <laughs> can go and do some cosplay, meaning dressing up as, as their favorite characters from literature and movies and yeah, TV that and is whatnot. Yeah, that is a term, it seems, that, that I hear or see a lot. What exactly yeah. does cosplay mean? There's nothing more pathetic than an aging hipster. It's, it's, you dress up in costume and pretend you're somebody else, basically. Ah, there we go. Okay. And there's, I mean, people can dive into any depth of this that they choose, okay? Right. So, in other words... Uh, let's say somebody's a fantasy bros, they might dress as Batman. Okay. okay? Yeah. Somebody who takes it super seriously might then say, well, I'm going to be uh, Batman in his impervious suit that he wore when he fought Superman. And then somebody else might take it to the nth degree, well, I'm going to be uh, Batman from the year 2025. And then they start making wow. up characters as right. they go. Right. And some of these people, they do it for a living, and they, they play certain wow. characters... And they just sell photos of them, or they'll be walking around, and people want to get their picture taken with them. Right. And some of the um, you know uh, people that have constructed Iron Man suits from scratch, wow. and you know, yeah. or stuff from my favorite video game, they love creating the suits of armor from the Fallout series, okay. and walking around in this shit. I mean, the attention to detail is just uncanny. Nice. And it's it's their hobby, and I I, I just. You know, the nerd in me thinks that it's just incredibly cool because right. look what they've created, yeah. you know? Yeah. Now, that being said, when you go to a lot of these Comic-Cons, there might be, oh, I don't know, 2,000 girls who think for some reason they deserve to be dressed as Wonder Woman. Okay. As you would have guessed, a lot of them don't. Unless, okay. unless they've, they've come out with a new Wonder Woman that instead of a magic lasso has a magic muffin top, okay? Right, right, okay. Yeah, I mean, so there, there's always going to be hits and misses, but in any regard, it's fun just kind of relaxing and, and people watching. Was she a great big fat person? Right, okay. right. Now, with that, there's also a shit ton of stuff for sale, like old comic books, toys, things, you name it. Yeah. Um, and again, like I said, normally the highlight is what celebrities, and I put that in air quotes, yeah. are going to be at these events uh, from our youth that we now get a chance to pay 10 or 20 bucks and get a picture taken with them. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, from my own experience, I had gone to one. Uh, I actually convinced my buddy with his bachelor party to go to Mohegan Sun here okay. in, in, in Connecticut yeah. because they were having the uh, what they call the Terrific Con. There. Okay. And the Connecticut Comic Con is not that good, but Terrific Con generally is. Okay. 
And while we were there, one of my favorite artists that I remembered from a kid, this gentleman named of Neil Adams, who did a lot of classic uh, Batman and Green Arrow and Green Lantern stuff, yeah. had a whole table set up there, and he was like signing, you know, these prints that you would buy. Yeah. And it was it was a nice interaction. I was definitely fanboy awestruck. Oh, okay. Mr. Adams, please, you know, sign this for me. And, <laughs> and he was trying to get me to buy multiple ones, you know, right, which kind of right. took some of the shine off yeah, the interaction. Yeah. But he had passed away um, a couple weeks ago. Okay. And I was just so thankful that I've got hanging here in the studio a picture of Robin that he had drawn back in the 90s when they remodeled the character. Yeah. And uh, it was just a, a bittersweet, nice thing, you yeah. know, a nice memory that yeah. I had. You know, I got to say, like I said, I've never been to one of these, but mm -hmm. I've I've stayed at hotels when it was obviously nearby. Yes. And you know, all geek bullshit aside, it does look like a lot of fun. I got to say, it really is. It's just you know, yeah, leave your inhibitions at the door. Yeah, if you can get past that yep. aspect of it, it, it look and these people like seriously throw themselves into it. I remember being at a hotel front desk. Uh, must have been in Southern California, and one of these kids came up dressed in God only knows what, and you know there was kind of like the ha ha chuckle chuckle, and then this kid pulls out a choke a horse like wad <laughs> of like fifties and hundreds to pay for his room, and it was just like good God, you know, right. and uh, it seems to me these guys like they're they're harmless. They they smoke a lot of weed, they order yeah. a lot of pizza, and uh, and yeah, like I said, they. They bring it with them when they come. Yeah. It's you know serious cash. I mean, it goes into this thing. Representation you know? of it, I thought in the movie Paul with um, was it Nick Frost and uh, Simon Simon Pegg? Yes. Okay. Uh, and um, yeah, and then Seth Rogen playing like this little alien. But a lot of it centers around this uh, Comic Con that they were driving cross country to go see. Right. And it gives a really good glimpse of what goes on there, and. Like I said, at the real big ones, the studios come in, you'll get sneak previews, or sometimes you'll get, um, they'll play the full-length movie, but you might have the stars or the director there to give their, their commentary. Right. yeah. So it's a nice thing, but since this is coming around again, and speaking of Terrificon, I have been checking out with some of my other friends, you know, who the celebrities are so far, Yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tempted, I, I, I might want to go. All right. Um, so it got me to thinking, you know, this would be a fun topic to talk about because yeah, you and I yeah. definitely have our unabated nerd side. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're both, you know, hitting 50 years, so we're, we're, <laughs> we're reminiscing about our childhood. God, I wish I'd saved those comic books. <laughs> Jesus. See, who, who and knew? I saved mine. I know, I begged I know. and boarded and safe in the studio. Damn. Not to mention toys and every other freaking thing I get my hands on. <laughs> but I was thinking to myself, self, yeah. because when I've been to some of these shows, I've never... Taken the next step and, and waited in line okay. and paid money to have my picture taken with anybody. Right. To me, it's just like, I'm the guy that feels awkward watching live theater, you know? Okay. If I'm on stage, it's no problem, but right. watching other people makes me nervous. Gotcha. And that whole interaction, it's like, what do you say? Hi, I've got no life, but I'm a big <laughs> fan of yours. Here's 20 of my dollars to be seen with you. There's something about that that's yeah. just, you know. Yeah, I can understand a little, little trepidation yeah, around it's, that. It's easier yeah. to Like, I would take a, a photo with the Batmobile. Yeah. Not even think twice about it. I sure. would pay for that. But, you know, me standing next to, say, Burt Ward or something, I, yeah, I, I would be so awkward, yeah. right? Notwithstanding the fact that Burt Ward's probably, what, 80 now or something? No. Well, he's a, a spry 60-something. Is he really? I think, yeah. Oh, wow, all right. Yeah, because he was right. only in his late teens when he did that That's show. That's true. That's true. So I, I thought to myself, self, here's something fun for us to talk about, and I, I posed a question to you. Yeah. Um, the, to list our respective top three actors or actresses, and they have to still be alive, yes. that we would each shell out at least $10 for a photo op with. Mm -hmm. uh, and they could be from movies or TV and part of the sci-fi, fantasy, or comic book genre. Right, right. And at first, you draw a blank, and then when I saw you today, you're all excited, like, I've got a whole bunch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It, it totally, totally hit a wall initially. It was like writer's block or something. Well, you, you, know? were, you were of the opinion that, you know, I'm too good for that, and, and no one's too good for me, or good enough to spend my hard-earned money on, John, exactly. you geek. Put it quite like that, but, you know. It was kind of like that. You were very aloof, you know. But then, when you had a chance to think about it. Well, you got to, again, you got to put it in, in, like, fun mode. Right. You know what I mean? You got you to gotta just, you know, forget about that, you know. Arrogant, you know, I'm too good for this shit kind of stuff. And just <laughs> ask yourself, what would be really fucking fun to do? Right. You know? Well, let's face it, we're going to be drunk when it happens. Absolutely. Because all these places have bars. 
that's what's up. A couple you know, bowls of loudmouth soup. And here we go. Yeah. We're going to meet our idols. Who's your first one you're going to stop at their imaginary table for? Well, you know, I got to <laughs> gotta, asterisk this one because you okay. said that these people have to be alive. All right. Because, like, the first three right off the top of my head are all dead guys. You Oof. know, Adam West, Leonard Nimoy, and Lauren Green. Wow, that's would a trifecta. Be like, yeah, you know, and I would put my, you know, arrogance aside, let my geek flag fly, uh-huh. you know, to go hang out with Leonard Nimoy for a minute or two and, and you know... Bullshit with him a little bit, but <laughs> now would you talk about Star Trek or in search of? That's a damn good question. <laughs> and if you were going to talk about Star Trek, would you talk about the series or would you talk about the movie? Right now, you would probably light up if you talked about in search of. So we've covered this before. Dig, dig, dig. I'm thinking he's answered every goddamn Spock question under the sun. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> but get him going on like in search of the Loch Ness monster, right? Or in search of Bigfoot. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be some fun, man. It really would. But, uh, but, yeah, since we're limiting it to uh, people who are alive, okay. um, right off the top of my head, uh, you mentioned Iron Man earlier. I, I would kind of have fun, you know, hanging out for a minute or two with Robert Downey Jr. That's fair. You know, I think he's a very, very interesting yeah. character. And he might be too A-list to uh, appear one of these things, but that's now. That's not to say 10 years from now. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. He He's one of those people where... You know, he'd surprise you, mm-hmm. I, I think. You know, obviously, you know, he's of the arrogant Hollywood types. But, uh, you know, ever since the guy unfucked himself, yeah, stop <laughs> stop shooting dope, he, he, like, has turned into a very interesting person. All right. And I don't fair. think he puts on airs maybe like he did back in the left and zero days. Right. You right. know? But, yeah, I think Robert Robert Downey Jr., I would definitely take a minute. All right. That, that's an excellent one to get your, your feet wet on. Yeah. So as I'm looking around at this crowded room, uh, even at the advanced age of, I'm guessing, 70-something, there's a tall, statuesque brunette in the corner. Hello. Which is normally my kryptonite. Yeah. It's not to cross my superhero. Right. But I would have to stop and get a photo op with Linda Carter, oh, the original God, yes. Wonder Woman. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Because if God ever put a more beautiful woman on this planet... I'm hard-pressed to think of who it is. Yeah. So you thank God I'm single, so I don't have a wife to yell at me for that. But <laughs> and, if, and if there's anyone who could, like, defy the laws of gravity, yes, I think it would be Linda Carter. Yes, she's still statuesque and, and so presentable and so pretty. Yeah. I mean, I just, it, it, you know, at, at its base value, always smiling, just always just seems to be so sweet to be around. Yeah. yeah. Um, involved in a lot of different, like, charities and everything. I just think she would be great to sit and chat with me and get a photo off with. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that one. Definitely. So if any of our listeners want to send me an autographed picture of Linda Carter, <laughs> and you can use whatever name you want on it. Johnny would be nice, but call me whatever you want. There you go. Liberal people. Uh, yeah, please, send me a photo. All right. All right. <laughs> So, as you're scanning around the room, who's next on your list? Well, again, you know, um, not shying away from the quote-unquote A-list folks okay. uh, and giving us some thought and, you know, contemplating uh, the, the the body of work that this next person did, uh, I would think it would be kind of cool to hang out for five or ten minutes uh, and talk shop with Christian Bale. Yeah, no you doubt. Know? I mean, not only did he just absolutely just reignite the whole Batman thing. Yep, yep. You know, with his portrayal of, you know, uh, the one and only, you know, one of the most iconic superhero characters of all time. But, you know, some of the other stuff he's done, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be very interesting maybe to talk to him about From for a, a minute From a child actor on up. Yeah, he's yeah. He's always been working, you know? Yeah, he did one of the better Terminator films. Yep. You know, I would be curious, as, you know, to chat with him a bit on his take on John Connor. Mm-hmm. And, uh... He was great in Reign of Fire with Matthew McConaughey. Yes, he was, the whole dragon thing. Um, and what was the Brett Easton Ellis film that he did? Uh, where he was, uh, he was a sociopath. He was a murderer. Oh, American Psycho. Yes. Yes, yes. the classic... I still get that glint in my eye when I listen to Huey Lewis in the news this day. You have <laughs> yeah. to think of him. Yeah. Patrick Bateman was his character. Yes, yes. Which showed, ironically, that he has comedy chops. Yes. You know, because that, that, that whole role was just dark, as, as dark as you could possibly get dark yep. humor. Yep, and, totally. uh And yeah, you know, total respect for the guy. Absolutely. Yep. So what? Uh, yeah, well, moving right along, Johnny. What else you got there? Well, moving so right I don't know along. how the hell you could top Linda Carter. That's going to be tough. 
Well, they're all special in their own way. Right. right. And, and again, folks, I want pictures of all these people. <laughs> send it, send it, send it. Yeah. Uh, so now as I'm glancing around the room, um, something a little more recent, but near and dear to my heart from my heyday, which some would consider uh, 1989 through 1994, yeah. uh, John Wesley Shipp, who played The Flash all right. in the, uh, the 90s TV series, yeah. which was just a, a hodgepodge of, of residual Tim Burtman Batman sets and just yeah. a great costume now and the fashions where everybody wore like mustard or purple suits because that was you know Regeer at the time but um, he even has been given a role in the current Flash series okay. as the original 1940s version of, of the really? Flash so there's a nice little continuity there nice. and uh, yeah, other than some other like you know, bit roles and soaps and whatnot that's just what he's known for but I would just love to pick his brain. It's, just a, it's an sure. arbitrary, like, 90s conversation. Like, what was that about? Yeah. And the way the show itself was set, in any particular frame of, of say, the streets of, of Star City, you would have, like, a 50s-era DeSoto, okay? Right. Next to, like, a modern Corvette or something. It was a very, very eclectic sense of design. Yeah. And I would just, just love to talk to him about that. Yeah, just to have a, a comic book geek conversation and just to say... You know what? For a time when I probably need it the most, thank you so much for the entertainment. Right. Simple as that. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Nice. Inspired call, Johnny. Yep. Um, I found it. I don't get starstruck. Okay. You know, I ran into a lot of celebrities when I lived in Southern California, and it just doesn't doesn't really affect me like that. You also but, are assholes. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, quite frequently they're a little little too human, you mm-hmm. know. But uh, but if there was ever somebody that would give me a moment of pause, that would be like, oh shit, Jesus, that's that dude. Um, would be this next person. Uh, I'm talking about Malcolm McDowell. Excellent choice, inspired and then, choice. And you know, he's one of those people. I mean, he's got kind of a, a difficult scenario, I think, career-wise, in that he did one of his best works, if not his best work, very early in his career with *The Clockwork Orange*. Right. You know, I mean, it's it's like wow. Always know, chasing those, those fringe characters. Yeah. Much like David Warner, another yeah. British actor. Yeah. Okay? Maybe not, didn't have as good choices as Malcolm McDowell did. But whenever you see David Warner in something, you know immediately on sight he's going to be a special character. Maybe yeah. the villain or the protagonist. Yeah. Just like when you see Malcolm McDowell in something, it's like he's clearly the star. Yeah. And he's going to be flawed and put into a harrowing circumstance yeah. somehow. Yeah, he's just one of those people that has an aura yes. about him. Yes, that it's just it's a naturally occurring thing. Yep. And uh, yeah, he, he couldn't shed it if he wanted to. Right. And yeah, I would that would give me a moment of pause. And I know, remember, folks, him. just to be you know particular, we're talking about Malcolm McDowell, not Roddy McDowell, which a lot of people get the two confused. This is true. One is fine Scottish actor who plays sci-fi roles. The other is one of the Planet of the Apes extras. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is he still around? I believe they're both still alive, but don't quote me on that. I think Ronnie McDonald would be an interesting person to chat with. They really both would. They yeah. really would. Yeah. You know? All right. See, it's a fun little Comic-Con yeah. we're having here, folks. Yeah. So now, for me, my, my top of the mountain. I was going to say, former Ballistia, Johnny. I, I'm curious to where you're going now. Well, these two folks have been uh, some of the attending celebrities like since this thing got started. Okay. Uh, honorable mentions to William Shatner. He's yeah. been at shows that I've been to. Um, you know, a lot of the characters that would play, even though they were always in masks, the Michael Myers, the Jasons right. from, you know, they get yeah. all these actors out there. But for me, um, and because we said they had to still be alive, yeah. okay, uh, that's why I steered away from the Battlestar Galactica crowd. Otherwise, yeah, I would have been with you with Lauren Green, yeah. Richard Hatch, Dirk Benedict, any yeah. one of them. Yep. Yep. Uh, but most of them aren't with us anymore. This is true. However... If given the opportunity, and I saw seated at a table, usually together, uh-huh. uh, Gil Gerard and Aaron Gray Whoa. from Buck Rogers in the Whoa. 25th century, yep. I would just love that. I would pay upwards of $50 for it, especially with both of them. I'd do 100 wow. just to get them all in the same picture. Oh, yeah. Because as a kid, not only did I just love the shit out of that show, yep. but based on my age at the time, here's a fun fact. All right. I had a bit of a, like a, first grade crush on on Aaron Gray (laughs) and never was it more apparent than many many years later that I was looking at a picture of my former fiance 
and realized how identical she looked. Very oh, wow. Okay. okay. And I, ne- I had never consciously thought about it yeah, during our entire relationship. Yes. Whoa. And then I looked at it. I was like, holy shit. It's Wilma Deering. That's what drove that whole thing. Wow. That's like instant flashbacks instant. to, you know... Because who wore spandex like her? And oh, oh my god! Now was that the was that the early <laughs> early eighties? Was that the late seventies? I believe it, it only played for two seasons. And I right. believe it was seventy nine okay. when it came out because they, of course, they wanted to capitalize on Star Wars, right? Because I think at that point Galactica had already bowed out. Okay, this is before that horrendous Galactica nineteen eighty yeah. abomination came mm. through. Yeah. So yeah, and the first season of Buck Rogers was just incredible. And then season two, they put him like on this lame ass looking spaceship out in outer space. And with the exception of the one episode with the vampire that makes her like all seductive and whatnot. <laughs> the, the second, or, or I should say, Hawk, that guy okay. who became Buck Rogers' best friend, who ironically is also the basis for the Rick and Morty character, Birdman. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yes. Okay. Was was definitely a, a highlight of it, but other than that, it just didn't have the same magic. So yeah, two years and yeah. out went the show. Yeah. But those two, yes, they're still on the circuit. They're taking the photo ops. She looks fantastic. Yeah. I mean, Gil, he's he's, he's pushing seventy, you know, so yeah. he's, he looks older. But um, they're always smiling. They take tons of photos with with everybody at these things. They're just happy to be there. Right. And if, if ever given the chance, I totally would line up yeah. and nerd out in a heartbeat. And not to sound like an old dude. Um, which is something that we just consciously... God forbid. Consciously <laughs> trying to avoid on a daily basis. But, you know, kids today don't realize, like, the anticipation when, you know, they start showing previews of the new fall programming. Right, right. And, you know, how cool it was to those of us who dug science fiction. Yep. You know, those of us who went back to see Star Wars four or five right, times, you right. know, and whatnot. For, you know, you see the, see the previews of, you know, Buck Rogers coming, and it's just like... Yep. You know, Star Wars is coming to your TV. You can sit in your living room and watch this. You know, that was that was some cool shit. That was some some anticipation shit that I yep. I don't think you know the kids unfortunately get to experience these days. And we also talked about the the whole Saturday morning concept. Yeah. And how in the fall, when the new lineup of shows, it was as big, if not bigger, than the, all the hoopla they would put on for the primetime shows that were starting Absolutely. Up. So as we're looking at the guests, uh, me and some of my friends who were both legit 10 years younger than me, yeah. looking at the stars that are in attendance, my one friend John says, how come there's two Shazams? Okay. And he was referencing the old Saturday morning TV show Shazam, right. where it was like the teenage heartthrob kid who played Billy Batson, yeah. and then he would say Shazam, and it would turn into this muscle-bound, well, for the 70s, that was considered muscle-bound, yeah. hunk, that would be Captain Marvel, you know? So I had to explain, I'm like, well, they're both that same character, but you got to say the magic word, blah, 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 which, <laughs> you know, just fell on deaf ears. Yeah. But again, I mean... That that's pretty darn close to getting me to, to want to go see that a- nice. again, you know, because yeah. it's yeah. just like, yeah, I I I would want to do that. And right now, it looks like, um, and, oh, I'm so sorry, I forget the actor's name, but he just did the character of Jack Reacher on Amazon. Okay, because Tom Cruise just didn't do it well enough in the movie, so Amazon did it like straight from the books. Yeah, and it calls for the title character to be massive. So this young actor who has also been uh, in a TV show called Blue Mountain State, okay. where he played kind of a, it's it's a comedy, but he's like the out of control prototypical college linebacker. Right. And then he's also been in the uh, the DC comic show Titans. He played a character called Hawk. So he's he's a big dude. Big dude yeah. But he was so good in the show Reacher on Amazon. They've already cleared it for season two. Nice. He's like the headliner. You know that that's, that's going to be there signing autographs and right. shit. But you know what? I can't take my picture with him because here's this guy. He's probably 30 years old now, 0% body fat, right? <laughs> and he's going to take a picture with my blob ass, your bald head shining in his eyes. Uh, it's not going to be a good photo op. I you hear know? you. Because the rule is you, you got to take a picture with somebody who does, doesn't look as good as you. You got to you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's rules. There's rules. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's that. Yes. And it brings us to our third gem of the day. And a very appropriate one considering the topic matter. Right. I gotta Super say. duper appropriate. Yes. And what better way to explain uh, nerdy teenage angst than the whole slew of Scott punk bands from the 90s and, <laughs> and the 2000s. So we went with uh, a, little, a little gem by American Hi-Fi called Geeks Get the Girls. Nice. So we're going to play that now for the good folks at home, and we'll be back in a few more minutes with some more things and 
stuff. Another Friday night to get the feeling right at the bar when he sees her coming over. What you gonna do? She walks up to you, tongue tied, better get yourself together. Pound another drink to give him time to think. What's your sign? Hey, I think you know a friend of mine. All the stupid lines that he had ever heard. What had come to mind? He couldn't say a word. They do, especially at assorted Comic Cons. Nice. So that's nice. why I thought, you know, the folks would really appreciate that because it, yeah. yeah. And American Hi Fi is a decent band. That was off of their 2005 album, uh, Hearts on Parade. All right. Because they did sing about love and whatnot. I mean, yeah. I get it. It happens, especially you know, at that and, age. And in all honesty, man, there should be like, I don't know, one weekend a year. With the geeks, get the girls. You well, know? make it a geek holiday or something. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're the last ones driving this friggin' economy. Yep, yep. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, yeah, so it, it, it matched. There so it was, it was a good good uh, ending jam. And, and like now it. we find ourselves uh, at the D word. Oh. Which, unbeknownst to everybody, when we outline every, every, every episode, it's a basic format. Yep. We got, you know, a title, which normally I name it afterwards. And then we've got a opening gem, main topic. Middle gem, subtopic, closing gem, and then affectionately known as the denouement from, yes. from my musical days. We have structure. <laughs> we, yeah. we do. We have yeah. structure. And I remember originally he said to me, that's not a real word. <laughs> and I said, well, I, yes, I, it, it is. I seem to recall having that conversation. I do. It's like, yeah. no, you made Episode that one, you threw that bullshit up. That's, yeah. I'm like, no, I took French Pulled and I was a musician. That, sir, is the denouement. All right. The closing, if you will. Very good, very good. So uh, this week, wow, mm. we have a very special, super-duper happy announcement we to make. do indeed. I can't believe I'm saying it as I'm saying it's it. It's kind of a shock, i got to say. We have crossed this podcast the 10,000 download mark. Wow. Which to some people, to put things in perspective, uh, not that big of a deal. There's a lot of podcasts out there that have you know 50,000 yeah. downloads. Yeah. But it's us. We're not celebrity-driven. No, we not have at all. Not no at all. sponsorships at all nope, whatsoever. Nope, no budget to speak of. None. 
We barely got talent. We get by. <laughs> we get by. Most of it's, you know, liquor-induced. I think, I think Sir Nigel will take exception to that last comment. But well, that's yeah, why he's I, not I on the podcast. There right. we go. All right. But, um, yeah, I, uh, it, it, it's still sinking in. We finally hit 10,000 downloads. That's incredible. So, obviously, both of us sent out a giant thank you to all of our listeners. Yep. Uh, and, and sticking with us because it was about one year ago we crossed the 1,000 downloads. Yeah, and it seemed like it took forever to get to that point. It did. And it, yet it was like so momentous, like, holy crap, 1,000. Now we're on the board. No, we weren't. <laughs> <laughs> we were on our own little uh, scoreboard, uh, you know. Yes, it yes. made sense to keep going at that point. This is true. This but is now, true. Uh, and after just crossing, like, this episode here is uh, episode 113, I believe. Yeah. And, well, when uh, you see numbers like that, it's it the result of it is it's incumbent upon us to put together a good show. Right. You know, to right. not fuck off when it comes to, you know, the preparation, you know, make sure we got our facts straight. Yep. yep. You know, that kind or of thing. Or relatively straight. Relatively That's speaking, <laughs> yeah. Don't get too drunk in, you know, pre-show prep. So many challenges. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it kind of, you know, it, it makes you take it a little bit, little bit more seriously right. than you might. You know, not if, if it wasn't for the fact that, yeah, we, we have an audience out there. And, and clearly we're more reliable than, say, the, the post office because we, <laughs> we perform through, you know, rain, sleet, or snow, terrorist attacks, pandemics. Yeah, yeah. Um, just everything. We, we, we report for duty. Just oh, yeah. I can I recall a few blizzards, you Oof. know, coming down to the studios of Big Boom Radio. You know, going, oh, shit, I'm going to fucking die. I'm yep. going to die today. Yep. Some days I, we didn't have enough nips of vodka to have a, assorted bombs. Yeah. So we had to drink beer. Panic situation right there. You I know? mean, just think about it. I started out doing this, uh, this podcast with you. You were always like vodka something or rum. <laughs> but I started out drinking Bud Light and doing shots of Jaeger. Jaeger. I seem to recall that. Yeah. Nowadays, it's all about, like, uh, I won't give anybody a cheap pop, but little, like, uh, vodka and seltzer type Drinks in a skinny can. Sponsorship. And, uh, Sponsorship yeah. deal. Come <laughs> on now. Make them pay for it. Make yeah. them pay for it. Yeah. And uh, little nips of flavored vodka mixed with um, energy drinks and stuff to get us you know, over the hump. Yep. But other than that, not a whole heck of a lot has changed. Our engineering's gotten a little better. Yeah. My skills have gotten just good enough to be passable now. Well, you got me taking this seriously enough that I, spot, I stopped smoking weed in the morning. Yes, you this know, is before true. Coming down this, which was not the case you know, <laughs> when we first started doing this, but it was like, nah, I got to stop doing this. I got to take this shit seriously. Yep, yep. And, uh, and yeah, who'd have thunk? Which takes me back to uh, episode 23, to which everybody in the audience is like, wait a minute, there's no episode 23. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. That was the uh, the never-to-be-broadcast episode. No, that, that one got buried in the vault. Because Microsoft Lee never was, to be seen uh, again. It was a little, oh, what's the word? I was drunk off my ass. That. Jaeger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, were to look, if you were to look at the transcript of the episode, it just starts off with Microsoft Lee. Uh, uh, and it's just, yeah. that's it, the entire script. And it proceeded to go downhill from there. From there, it did, it did. <laughs> but other than that... Look, so that's, that's the mythical lost episode that everyone yep. has to have. And that's what we call know. in this business a low point. Indeed. But then again, you know, we're the same two guys that brought you the, oof, the beyond famous um, episode, what was it, 104? Four or was five. it taken out of the ball game? Oh well, that At, yeah. one of my favorites right there. Yeah, uh, but no, I was thinking more like, uh, why are we putting up with this? Yeah, yeah. Which okay. is where we represented the uh, the Rips and Rants players. And ah, yes, the, Rumble still Rumble still We yeah. brought it to life. Yeah, that idea was so <laughs> fucking out there. It was like, oh, we definitely have to do this. Makes yeah. no goddamn. I should have taken all. a picture of the crazy looks you were giving me <laughs> as I was presenting that. And then once we were done, we were like, nailed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was an interesting day, and uh, you know we we sit down and we actually do show prep beforehand. We yep. we map out the episode. We got an outline that we work with. You know we do the appropriate research and whatnot, and uh, and yeah, it's kind of interesting. And then we you know we we're happy with what we got. So okay, let's let's go for it. Let's do the show. And on that particular day, it was oh, I can't believe we're doing this, but yep. yeah, let's go for it. See what the hell happens. <laughs> Because it was just so out there. That was just so out of left field. Even just out of left fucking nowhere. Yep. You know, yeah, crazy. One take, baby. Did it in one we take. We did. We did. And yeah, what we we've got downloads on that. There are some folks out there that are yep. our that fastest are, rising episode we ever did. Apparently, digging flying it. off the shelf. Yeah. So yeah. So again, thank you so much, everybody, for, for joining in this adventure with us. Yes. Um, 
That being said, we've got some exciting uh, new yeah. additions to the Classic Rock Showcase. What is going on in Big Boom Radio this well, week, Johnny? Well, I'll tell you what, the latest one I put together was a, uh, a showcase on Men at Work. Okay. A, a fine little Australian outfit. I was going to say, yeah. And uh, they're going to be a part of Aussie Week, or Down Under Week, whichever way you want to go. Down Under, there we go. So we're going to have um, two episodes of In Excess, Volume 1 and Volume 2, bookending this, as well as two episodes with ACDC, Volume 1 and 2. All right. Bookending Men at Work. So it's a whole week of Aussie. All right. Uh, and I'm going to start doing that because, look, after 138 or 39 episodes, I can start doing theme weeks yeah. just just with that, yeah. you know. And I'm thinking probably for uh, Memorial Day, and if not Memorial Day, definitely Labor Day again. That's yeah. the more likely yeah. scenario. We're going to do another um, classic rockathon with just back-to-back-to-back-to-back episodes nice. of the Classic Rock Showcase. Nice. And I think I'll do it for two days uh, this time, not just on Labor Day, but like the whole weekend. All right. Just back-to-back-to-back, because I've certainly got enough yeah, in there. Yeah, something to look forward to there. So yeah, so lots of fun stuff going on uh, as we move forward into the next chapter, because now we got to start getting paid. Damn. And I hate to sell out. And our message will never change. Our format <laughs> will never change. And we'll never stop offending people. No, Because it's part of our DNA. Absolutely. But we will also never stop bringing you the straight arrow truth as we see it. Yep. Just from a layman's point of view. And that's what makes, hopefully, this show a little fun from the shit show that the daily world is. So that being said. Indeed. Indeed. Woof. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, folks. Absolutely. I am Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Shanley. And we'll catch us all on the flip side.